Hey everybody, welcome to episode 184 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam Brennan, and I am joined, like I am every single time, <laughs> by my good friend, Mr. Dave Hogue. What's up, Dave? I, I just had a thought that you need to do a podcast by yourself, just so you can say, <laughs> I am not joined by anyone. <laughs> oh, it would be so sad. I don't think anyone would want to listen to a podcast where it's just me. I tried that when I f- when when we first started, what six almost six and a half years ago. I I mm-hmm. tried doing one, a few actually, a few different shows at different periods, just by myself. And my goodness, it was hard. The motivation to show up when it's just you and there's <laughs> no one else expecting you to show up, and then trying to find things that you can talk about in uh, entertaining or uh, educational ways. That list gets really short after a while um, when you're just yeah. by yourself. So, needless to say, all of the all of my solo podcasts that I've tried over time have all died very, very, very quick deaths. I think the longest I made it was like eight episodes. <laughs> and I was like, no, this is dead. I've, huh. tried, I've tried, Dave. It's just not nearly as much fun <laughs> for anybody. So, Gaia, how are you? Uh, you know, doing doing all right. Um, uh, you know, honestly, I've I've uh, I've been wrestling with all the um, just issues of of race in our country, and um, I don't know. I just um, I found myself sad this weekend because I'm like, yeah. I just don't feel like we're really making any progress, but maybe that is, maybe I'm blind to that. So anyway, no, it's, uh, it's hard to know if we are right. Right. It's hard to know. Well, and I'll, I'll put it to you this way <laughs> in in this, the circles that I run in and the people that I have conversations with, I still hear a lot of things that make me cringe. I still hear a lot of things that make me go, you just are not even remotely open to the idea that you're not right. <laughs> and, that, and I just, I don't know. I find that interesting that people can, how just how set in their ways people can become and really even kind of want to justify it and argue their position. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, yeah. So I hear you, man. I would say like interesting times, but it's always interesting times, isn't it? It really is always interesting times. Yeah. There's always crap going on one way or another. Yes, that is for sure. I was, uh, (laughs) I was going through my website last night and, uh, kind of rearranging things and I, and I published a new page on there. And, and as a result of going through that, I found some like old abandoned pages that I had disabled a long time ago. And I found my old vlog feed from 2016 and I was rewatching some of my old vlogs because 
<laughs> I had nothing else to do, and uh, I got sucked into my own terrible vlogs. They're so bad, Dave. They were so I thought they were so good back then. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing with the camera back then. I was watching, and I was just like, "Oh, you just it, it, amateur hour." Like it was, I, I but I quickly got over the camera work because it was like it was five years ago. I didn't. I yeah. had just gotten the camera. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but I had the thought watching that and Meredith was pregnant with Kennedy at the time. And I was just like, Oh man, if this kid knew what oh was coming gosh. down the road, yeah, if he had any crazy. idea about what the next five years were going to hold, yeah, he wouldn't believe it. So it was just, I, yeah, I, I had a very, uh, it's one of those moments where I was like, Holy cow life you know sometimes it's good to yes. sit sit back and reminisce which that part of it was nice because it was nice to think about simpler times but at the same time it can be a little sad to think, uh -huh. think on past situations or current affairs oh man get you down a bit but the good news is dave so we have a high priest who knows how to sympathize with us and our weaknesses. Nice. And nice. in our sadnesses. So we are going to hop into, we're in chapter eight now of the book of Hebrews. So we are going to, uh, I think, carry on there, correct? That is correct. Now, the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the holy places in the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Thus, it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They serve a copy, they serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. All right. Thank you, sir. Mm hmm So this is sort of a, I mean, not sort of, it is, it's a recap, right? He starts out by saying, now the point mm -hmm. in what we are saying is this, colon, and here's the, here's the explanation, the point. This is like the summation of everything that we've talked about um, up to this point. But I think it's, I, I like it when writers do this, whether it be in, you know, nonfiction books or here in the Bible, Paul does it occasionally too. It's like, hey. We've talked about a whole lot so far. Let's just recap what we're saying. Let's get back on the same page. Here's the main point in case you missed it, and then we can carry on. It, it's, I think it's a nice, uh, nice way for them to 
hold our hands through this. So I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, so he says, we have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, right? So we can, I don't know if we need to rehash what a high priest is and why Jesus is one. Um, you can go no. back and read those portions of Hebrews or go back and listen to those episodes if you want. Um, but I think what's probably worth talking about, at least in my estimation, is the the significance of him being seated at the right hand of God in heaven and what that signifies, because that may not be something that everyone is familiar with. Um, I think we all are familiar with the phrase right-hand man. Sure. I, I mean, that's fairly common. and. I don't know this for sure, but I would bet that that saying comes from the significance of being seated at the right hand of the person in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you hear Jesus is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, like what, what does that mean to you? Why? Why is that significant for Paul to point out? Um, <laughs> I guess I don't know. I probably don't know what you're <laughs> looking for. Um, looking for the for the correct. No, I'm looking for just what what when you hear that, like what comes into your brain. I'm just I'm just picking at your brain, Dave. Um, you know I. To me, it just, it's, I think it signifies kind of like being, you know what I'm thinking of is I'm thinking of uh, Game of Thrones and being the hand (laughs) is what I'm thinking of. Um, So I, you know, I think it, it, there's, there's a, um, a, a sense of being included in the power and the authority. Um, There's, um, being a consultant, you know, sometimes, um, I think, you know, we kind of think of like, who's the point person, who's the person in charge and really just about anybody who that is, they generally have, like you were referring to as their right hand man. Uh, they have that person that, that is their confidant that they bounce ideas off of. And I think in some ways that can be a more influential position um, but yeah, so I, it basically sharing in the authority, um, having a, a position of, of importance. Um, but, the, but I, to me, there's also that, um, there's a relationship involved, uh, when I think of sitting at the right hand of God. So that's, that's what I think of in the hand from Game of Thrones. <laughs> Well, none of them really had very long lives either. So, <laughs> cool. Yeah, I mean, what what comes to my mind is just yeah that the the prestige, the authority, the honor um, that goes with being in that position, being you know the counsel for whoever's in the throne, being 
that trusted that relied upon. So I think it's, it's important too, because we also know that Jesus intercedes on our behalf with God. And so the significance there of Jesus being in that position where he is God's like, you know, right hand man, he, he has the power, he has the influence, he has the ear of, right. And so to have the person in that position be also be the one that intercedes on our behalf, um, should be incredibly encouraging to us to know that. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, not only has Jesus, you know, conquered death and fulfilled the law and defeated sin, but he also intercedes for us with God from a position of power and a position of trust and a position of reliability. Um, I think that's really, really powerful. Um, mm-hmm. when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, it says he's a minister in the holy places, in the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. And we get this, later on we'll see this comparison, right? Something that that man has built versus something that God has built and the permanence of what God has built and the impermanence, right, of, of what man has built. Um, I just had a funny thought. Like, what if the saying, they don't make them like they used to, really wasn't about just, like, older stuff that we built being better, but, like... <laughs> God building stuff versus us building stuff. Like, cause he built it a long time ago. So <laughs> probably not, but it just popped into my head. Uh, so in chapter, chapter three, verse three says for every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Thus it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now that's an interesting sentence. It, that's almost kind of like a no duh, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Like I, I'm reading this looking for deeper meaning, and I'm sure there is, but it is certainly not uh, sticking out to me at the moment. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. I'll, I'll be honest, that doesn't make sense to me. I'm striking out here, Dave. Yeah. Yep. Because <laughs> he was on earth, right? But he wasn't a priest when he was on earth, which makes sense. Ah, uh, okay. He was a carpenter and a rogue rabbi. How has Andy Samberg not made that TV show? <laughs> Andy Samberg in The Rogue Rabbi. Anyways, I don't have a way to redeem that, so we're just going to move on. (laughs) (laughs) They serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. Oh, okay. I think I get it, Dave. I think I get it. But we'll carry on. Uh, But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better since it was enacted a better promises. Okay. So I think the reason why he, 
why it says that if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all is because he doesn't serve the law like the priests serve the law. Mm. He serves the new covenant. He serves God. He has fulfilled the law. So he couldn't be a priest on earth because he's fulfilled what their entire purpose. He has removed their uh, necessity. Mm-hmm. That's what I think he's getting at. That makes more sense now to me anyways, if I'm right, <laughs> which is possible I'm not. Yeah, they serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. Right. Yeah. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better since it is enacted on better promises. Man. They're uh, dunking all over the old covenant, Dave. <laughs> Five slam a jamma going on. Well, and it, you know, kind of uh, contrary to your point, and I don't know, maybe that's not necessarily the case, but you know, this is one of those things for me where I'm like, God did create the covenant, right? Mm-hmm. So, and and I know Jesus talks about He came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. But there's certainly an element of in these verses and talking about Jesus being high priest that, you know, the first covenant didn't measure up, you know, it didn't, it didn't do what it was designed to do or intend to do. And maybe that's the whole point. (laughs) Well, and so it, the answer to that question depends on what you think the purpose of the old covenant was. Right. Was it, was the purpose of it salvation or was the purpose of it to point out the need for salvation? Yeah. And that's where we can get into all sorts of fun conversations, right? And why there's Judaism is still a thing. Yes. Cause I mean, I'm of my understanding of it that the whole purpose of the law was to point out the need for salvation, our imperfection, our absolute and utter dependence upon God for redemption. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Think about it like in school terms. If the whole point of tests was just to prove how much you didn't know, (laughs) yeah i mean that's kind of their point but they're more so trying to guess what you do know but like imagine if every test you took was just like you're in math class but the test was all about uh neuroscience we didn't talk about any of this we were solving for x yesterday and now we're talking like just to prove (laughs) like you know nothing speaking of game of thrones Jon snow So yeah, it's it's interesting to think about that, right? But but okay, so back to what you said, right? Does uh Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better since it is enacted on better promises. That is 
that's a very leading phrase, right? It, it is an acted on better promises. What, what I'm trying to get, uh, the point I'm trying to make is, you know, you said, well, and I'm paraphrasing, like the whole covenant wasn't great. The new one's clearly better. And this here says it was an act on better promises. And it's like, well, it almost, it almost seems like God was setting us up, Dave, to sure, <laughs> you know, like a good comedian. Here's the premise and here's the punchline, but this one wasn't really that funny. This is just good drama, right? Sure. Here's the problem. Here's the solution. No one saw it coming. No. <laughs> Makes you wonder, though, really. Like, why he chose, why, why God chose to do it this way. He could have done it any way he wanted to, right? In theory. Right. Like, one of the conversations that we're having at Youth Group right now is we're, we're working our way through Ephesians. We just started. And we got to uh, verses 5 and 6 of chapter 1 where it talks about that God chose us for adoption in Jesus and like having that conversation of why did, why did God choose to adopt us into his family? He doesn't, we don't have to be adopted to be saved. Salvation was made possible through what Jesus did on the cross, right? Mm -hmm. Adoption was just the cherry on top. Like God could have saved us without bringing us into his family. It wasn't necessary. It was an, extra step that he took because he chose to do it. So why would he choose to do that? What's the significance of God saying you're saved, but also you are now my children. Yeah. Um, and so that sort of like, I love trying to think about why God chooses to do things. Oftentimes I have no idea, right? Because feeble, feeble minded man here, but <laughs> the exercise of trying to, think, why would God choose to do X? Why would he not do it one of these 17 ways? Is I think it's a really, it's something that I enjoy doing, um, not because I'm trying to like, you know, be smart or, uh, but like you really have to reflect on God's character and God's characteristics and what is he says is important. And it really helps you, I think, put a lot of that more theoretical stuff about who the Bible says God is into practice. Cause we're seeing God do something or not do something. Mm -hmm. And action is always indicative of character and intent. And I find it really, um, it's good for me to try and process God's choices in the Bible through that lens of, well, this is what I know the Bible says about God. Here's the choice that God made. How does what I know about the Bible or know about God through the Bible show me or teach me this is why God made that choice, if I can get there? Um, so it's just, anyways, I, I'm probably repeating myself a bunch at this point, but um, yeah. Why why God chose to do old covenant, have Jesus die, new covenant is very the word. 
thought-provoking. I've said interesting too many times this episode. <laughs> and in the last verse, which is, again, no duh, for if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. Yep, well, that sure there doesn't make go. sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not much else to say about that. Perfect. Hmm. Yeah, I don't So, let me pose this question, Dave. By saying, if that first covenant had been faultless, it's saying that the first covenant had faults in it. So God made something imperfect. Correct? Uh, I would say that that is correct. Does that trouble you at all? Um, no, it, well, I don't think it is troubling. Um, oh, good. Then it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I, I guess I, I, I just, I come back to, if you look at, you know, the story of God that we've been given, which is the Bible, and you look, you know, kind of across all the stories and all the action, the things that people do, um, there is a, you know, it, it, it's consistent of being faithful to God, honoring God, you know, and I, you know, we, I know we've talked about Abraham quite a bit, but he's, you know, coming to my mind as, you know, a pillar of the faith and, you know, someone that interacted with God and, um, To some degree, I don't see a whole lot of difference between the old covenant and the new covenant in terms of, you know, God is above time and, you know, um, Abraham is not upheld as a pillar of faith, pillar of faith, faith, is that right? Mm -hmm. um, because of his sacrifices or upholding the law, but he is a pillar of the faith because of his faithfulness. And so I think in some ways the old covenant and the new covenant, you know, much like the, the discussion about him, him being on earth and not being a priest. And um, there's just always a tension of, trying to explain an infinite, perfect God in an imperfect world. And um, I, don't, I don't see stark contrast in who God is and how he behaves 
whether it be Old Testament, New Testament, Old Covenant, or New Covenant. Um, so, and then even back to our, our, our earlier discussion of what's the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe its purpose was to be, to have faults in it and not be perfect. So... Now, if, now, if I found out Jesus wasn't perfect, that might be a bigger issue. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 more troubling. I I will uh, agree with you there. So, what's troubling for it for you, or or the fact that God would create something that wasn't perfect? So, initial reactions are. God is perfect. He can't make imperfect things. Um, and I think the obvious pushback is, hey, idiot humans. But when God made humans, they were perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the option not to be and so chose it. I say they like I'm not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> take, take me to your leader. Show me this Jesus. Um, I guess, yeah, it's just, it's the idea that God could make something imperfect and then also he would choose to do so. Um, Well, yeah. And then all these people that lived lives underneath it too, you know, and to some degree were held accountable to it and pun. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that, but. Yeah, I just it's I guess that's one of those things I've never thought of before. In that way. So Yeah, it's just I don't know. I don't know if I'm making too much out of it. Probably the case. But again, it's <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Dave. This this uh this has been 30 minutes of me not knowing a whole lot. <laughs> No me gusta. So, yeah. I think we just kind of have to leave this one on a cliffhanger, Dave, because I don't... Yeah, uh, there is a second half that we're... Yeah, there is a second half to the chapter. What we're saying is this. Um, we yeah. have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the... Yeah, Dave, sorry, could be obvious. Dave, are you taking auditions <laughs> for your job? Don't replace yourself uh, with AI, Dave. Don't do it. Uh, I have no idea what I've done. I'm no. Uh, well, folks, been drinking. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that brings us, I think, to the end for this episode. <laughs> Dave's trying to tell me he's quitting by replacing himself with a robot. I don't know anything about the Bible anymore, so. I think the takeaway here is we've got a redeemer and an intercessor seated at the right hand in a position of power. And that's what we should remember from this. Yeah. But certainly consider the the stuff that used the heck out of me because it's important to wrestle with that stuff too. So yes. that's that. Um, 
And hey, what a great opportunity for uh, someone to write in and tell us what they think about this. That would be cool. You can do that. Uh, we've got email and Twitter links in the show notes, along with um, links to the scripture and any other fun stuff I decide to put in there. And um, yeah, you can find the show notes at supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 184 or in your podcast app of choice. And uh, well, Dave, I think uh, until next time, um, that's all she wrote. I'll talk to you then. Farewell. Bye.